All right. Welcome back to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear. I am your host of Shellyville. I'm a licensed professional counselor. And today I have my wonderful producer, Justin. And I know when this lands, whenever this lands on the podcast world, it will be past his birthday, but I'm very honored today to be with Justin on his 30th birthday, which means I will never forget it now. Never forget. <laughs> I will know who you are and what your birthday is. Yep. <laughs> and now I can say that you're 30 and this is awesome. And so I'm glad old. to celebrate your birthday with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And- being my friend. And well, thank you for being my fun. friend and for inviting me to be part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Showed up at my birthday party with a big old bottle of Hennessy and we partied. <laughs> it was so much fun. It's such a weird mix to be with your family, though, because we have such a unique situation here in our mm-hmm. office and doing our podcast together. And then it's like, who, who is she? Why is she here? <laughs> why, why is this random lady at your party? Funny. <laughs> It was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was, it was very sweet. So I just wanted to say happy birthday and thank you very much for doing Shellyville with me because, you know, someone recently asked me why I even do this and I'm like, you know, or how it got started. And I, I got lucky. I put it out on Facebook that I wanted a producer mm-hmm. and someone hooked us up and we communicated and then this is where we are a year later. So it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing that we've been at this for a while. Yeah, it really is. And roles have changed. So since that happened, it went from me just like listening to you talk and then Mm -hmm. taking that footage and editing it and putting it up is like now Joe is actually the producer of the show. I don't produce anything. Really? I just I'm I'm a fabulous producer. I know. (laughs) I know. It's just funny. Like we redelegated behind the scenes. And um, awesome. now I'm just the, the co-host. Oh, I so. love it. So Justin's my co-host now. Yeah. But I'm still going to say you're my producer. That because, sounds good. It, because it honestly, well. I do write the check to you. <laughs> also true. Yes. But I love it. I love that this is transformed into something unique. Mm-hmm. Who would have ever thought mental who health? It. Who would have thought? I do remember your your first opinion of me was like, well, this is kind of interesting. I don't know anything about mental health. Mm -hmm. And here you are like this jock, this major sports (laughs) dude taking me on. Yeah. And I have nothing. I know nothing about your world and you know nothing Mm -hmm. about mine. And yet this really works. Yep. We've been able to learn from one another. That's for sure. I know. (laughs) One of the sweetest things your dad said was he's like, wow, Justin sounds really intelligent on your show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Surprised him. I know. Surprise him. I'm like, are you kidding? I said, Justin's smarter than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I think so. I don't know about that. I think so. Well, this topic today, you're probably going to be the expert. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk today about attention deficit and what it actually is and how, why we're in the situation we are with it right now. I mean, um, attention deficit is having trouble with paying attention, controlling our impulses or being overly active. Mm -hmm. It is a short attention span and it interrupts your daily life. So what puts this on a disorder or why this is actually a disorder is because it's to the point where it interferes with the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. Like this is an interference one. So a lot of people think it's about being Intentional misbehavior or manipulation because it's a behavioral act, right? It, mm-hmm. it interferes with your behaviors. 
But the reality is that it's it's not. This is a mental neurological problem. It has to do with your dopamine, your near. You know, I can't say these words, but norepinephrine. <laughs> yes, thank or, you. As they say in Northern Michigan, nori piney frine. <laughs> Where I'm it. from, yeah. Okay, so all those little things that are affecting it, that has nothing to do with like. I want to be a bad person or that this is interfering with the quality of my life. So what do you consider attention deficit for you? And do you have the hyperactivity part or do you have just the attention part? Just the attention part. So when I originally, my parents originally started to notice it because of my performance in school at a young age. Um, I was homeschooled growing Mm -hmm. up, up until about uh, halfway through eighth grade. So um, so they saw firsthand that I was just not interested in school, mm-hmm. not. And then I think they really started to notice when um, that it was maybe not, not, it, it was, it was a little bit outside of the realms of just boys being, boy being a boy. Right. Not, like I, I'm just playing. I just want to go outside and play. I don't want to sit here and read this dumb book. Like it was a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think they noticed it the most when my little sister also started homeschooling, who is just the perfect angel child, never did anything wrong in her life. Um, and she was super attentive, super obedient, super. And all I wanted to do was just like wrestle her. And, <laughs> you know, I can't I can't tell you how many times I got punished and disciplined because we were trying to do something and all of a sudden I just run over and tackle one of them out of, out of the blue. So you're sure you don't have the hyperactivity part? As an adult, <laughs> no. As a kid, I, I will say that I wasn't like, a, um, I was pretty well behaved like in public. Mm-hmm. So like I, I wasn't going to like cause a scene in a grocery store or I was never that kid. Okay. Um, But okay. behind the scenes, it was, it was very noticeable from that regard. So um, I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was probably like sixth grade or something when they started taking me to see these, you know, a, a psychiatrist and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and um, did you have formal testing? Yes. Lots of formal testing. testing. They mm-hmm. took me to the local intermediate school. And uh, they, I remember, and I'm going to use some language here and I'm quoting myself from the past of, and saying something Back then, that was more appropriate to say than it is now. And um, I was in sixth grade, so give give me some slack here. But so when I, when I was in sixth grade, I went to this te- and they're having me take this test at this elementary school. And I asked the person, I was like, "What am I? Te- what are you testing me for?" She's like, "We're testing you to see if you're on the if you're autistic." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I'm not retarded." <laughs> Like, and I said this to this lady as a sixth grader, like I, <laughs> which is a, it's what you were thinking. Yes, that's I what get I was it. Thinking. And that's so, what you were thinking. I'm. I, wait a minute. I'm not in this category. Right. Like, what are we doing here? So <laughs> this is not my normal classroom. Yeah, I don't so, want to be here. Um. So I was not that. And then basically they. I don't. I guess I don't really remember the exact timeline of events, but at some point they 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 did an IQ test on me. It's a I'm like, is this kid dumb? No, mm-hmm. he's, I think it was in mid 120s or something like that. So IQ is not the thing. It's got to be ADD. Mm-hmm. And so they used to dis- 
distinguish between Very, ADD and ADHD, and so they correct. said I was ADD. Right, and they still um, do. Do they, they still? Okay. Oh, they still do, okay. especially for um, diagnosing and being on the right medicine and having okay. the right skills. You bet. Yep. Yeah. So they originally prescribed me Focalin, I want to say. Okay. And I did not like it. it. Made me feel like a zombie, but it was like uh, it, it was. It did help me focus, but it made me feel like a zombie. So I was not, I didn't really enjoy it. Didn't go it. well. Yeah. Um, so I never got in a consistent habit of taking it every day. So I don't, I can't say for sure whether or not um, it worked, but I was on, I, there was one, uh, Stratera, I think was another mm -hmm. one that they that's, prescribed. That's a non-stimulated one. Okay. That's non so, and I was on one of the two, I'll pretty much all the, off and on all the way through high school and I don't think it really had a great effect. And so after high school, um, I wanted to stop taking it. Mm -hmm. So I, um, but it, it like knocked me out for like three days. I slept mm. for like three after days. After you in got a row. off of it, you mean? Yeah. Because your body was so accustomed to accustomed being to at it. that level. Okay. I think Focalin was the one I was trying to come off of. Okay. I think it was Stratera first, then Focalin. And so I slept for like three days and then I started taking vitamins and exercising. I got really into bodybuilding. And then I noticed like when my physical, when I was super active, you know, as far as like weightlifting and stuff, I noticed that I didn't really need it as much. Okay. Um, so fast forward, you know, seven years, I'm starting to notice like, well, I didn't really notice it. Chloe noticed it. And it's always the people in your life that yeah. are going to notice your issues before we do sometimes. For sure. And it was just like, you know, forgetting things, absent mindedness, not being able to focus, you know, honestly, in job stuff, too, mm -hmm. it was suffering. And um, because this is a really big mental block in the brain. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like it affects a lot of areas of our life. Mm -hmm. It's why it's a big deal. Yeah. And a lot of times it does get undiagnosed as a child mm -hmm. and we have it in adults. Like there's there's a myth I looked where I was reading online. They were saying that the biggest myth is that, oh, you'll outgrow it. Mm -hmm. No, what you do is you burn, you build coping mechanisms or skills. <laughs> yeah. You had a lot of skills. You were able to mask it even within yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've got this under control. For sure. I got this. I got this. Mm -hmm. But when it's undiagnosed or it's unregulated for so long, it has the ability to really interfere with your day-to-day -day living. For sure. So, and it did. Mm -hmm. So about a, a little over a year, I want to say almost exactly a year ago now. I think, I think right it. after I met you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my uh my therapist recommended that I take an online test and mm -hmm. do the whole ADHD online thing and um gave me an Adderall prescription and I was pretty hesitant to mm -hmm. to go on it, but I think at the time I was just like, yeah, things have gotten to the point where it's pretty bad and I'm I'm I feel super scatterbrained. And, mm -hmm. Um so I started taking it in pretty small doses and, and honestly still do. Um, I'm prescribed way more than I actually take. Um, no, why? If you took the full amount, what would happen? Do you think that would knock you out? Because I mean, what's weird about this medicine, it's a stimulant, but mm -hmm. it has the ability to calm the brain, which some people do complain of tiredness, you know, and it's, then there's other people that complain that they never sleep because it's such a strong Yeah, stimulant. for the first two weeks, I didn't sleep much, to be right. honest with you. Okay. Um, and... 
I had to take it really early in the morning in order for it to not affect me at night. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't really affect my sleep. Actually, it doesn't affect my sleep at all. Okay. But um, you do still take it pretty early in the morning. Yeah. Typically, I take, you know, uh, as soon as I wake up, I'll take like a typically around six-ish <laughs> outside of today when <laughs> my phone died while I was sleeping. I woke up thir- an hour and a half after my first appointment of the day at seven. <laughs> so that not fun. So it was a good, but there are other circumstances. Yes. Circumstances beyond yeah. your control here. So yeah, typically very early, I'll, I'll do a 10 milligram early in the morning and then I kind of coast throughout the day. And if I have a busy afternoon and I need to buckle down, I, I probably will take a five after lunch. Okay. Um, sometimes if I kind of have a lighter day, don't have a, a ton of stuff going on or maybe sometimes, honestly, I'm just, I'm feeling good. And mm-hmm. you know, if I've, I've found that my days like momentum actually plays a pretty big role in my days. Okay. So if I'm productive in the morning, typically I can, I can ride that wave of momentum in the, like if I have like, if I'm busy in my job, if mm-hmm. I, you know, cause I kind of set my own, my own schedule every day. And if I have a lot of stuff going on in the morning, I have a couple appointments. I, you know, I, I take a couple mortgage applications. Like I can typically ride that momentum into the afternoon um, sometimes if my mornings are a little slow. Do you have like a time that you crash? Is there a time when you realize, okay, I'm I'm not focusing anymore. I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. About, about in between like two and four is typically when that happens. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of times it's like, sometimes, yes, it, yeah, I would say two to four. Okay. Do you recover pretty quick from it, recognizing, okay, this is just the, the medicine like dropping out. What do I do now? Because I mean, a lot of <laughs> a lot of this is about caffeine. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is feeling like you need that stimulant in your body. So, okay, I need a boost. But you know, the reality, this is true for people without on Adderall. Mm-hmm. By the mid-afternoon, I'm pretty crashing yeah, too. for sure. So I take a little break or a siesta. I always take a nap every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not even ashamed to say it. I don't <laughs> even care. Nice. Like, I take a nap or I either, there's two things I do to get me through the rest of the afternoon because mm-hmm. I have a morning hours, then I have a lying break, then I have the evening, but I usually go for a walk or take a nap. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those two things that are going to get me through the evening. Yeah. So you find your coping skill. You find what you need during that crash to get you through the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Cause you still got a lot of hours left after yeah. that. And you're not taking another pill after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing that I found is that if, if I don't want to take any more Adderall in the afternoon and I'm, and I'm a little sleepy and I challenge, I challenge anybody listening to do this is if you've got that, that, that afternoon lazy feeling, um, go do 25 pushups. You won't be tired anymore. Go, mm-hmm. go do 10 burpees. Like mm-hmm. you know, I work at an office job and I mean, it's not really, I, I have a desk and I, and I have an office that I go to pretty much every day. And, and yeah, I'll, if I feel a little sleepy in the afternoon, I'll just, I'll just get on the floor and bang out 10 pushups real quick. And <laughs> Everyone's you, like, okay, you, Justin's at it, yeah, <laughs> at it you, again. <laughs> you'd be surprised at how, how you'd perk up pretty quick that you way. You do, so. but I do believe that it is a full body experience. Right. Well, you are trying it, to move the flow, like getting energy into your body. It has something to do with blood flow to the brain, right? right? Yes, yes, yeah. yep. And that's what's happening. And that's why exercise for all mental disorders is so important. And we talked a little bit about this last week with the mind-body connection, that you need exercise to get the blood flow. 
Like it does help. So it's mm-hmm. good to know that it helps with attention deficit as well when you're having a crash. Mm-hmm. So one, of, so this is an interesting side note. So one of the things that we haven't touched on is short-term memory loss. Ooh, is that from Adderall? No, no, no. So this is, this is part of me. Okay. So here, here's a question that I have about ADHD and that I haven't quite found answers to yet. And I, and I think the jury, part of me thinks that, because you meant you you started off, there's stuff going on in the brain as far as releasing chemicals that doesn't really, that something's not firing correctly mm-hmm. in there. And it's not autism. Right. So, but on the flip side, I believe that you can wire your brain into certain patterns mm-hmm. in order to, so my, my goal, and tell me if this is realistic or not, but I don't want to be on Adderall my whole life. Okay. I don't think that is... I'm not, I, I don't know what the studies show. I haven't read the studies. Right. I'm not a doctor. Right. But I don't think that being on Adderall for a long period of time is particularly healthy long term. Okay. It, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it is. But my gut tells me probably not. Um, I think with any medicine, you have to question that because, right, your, your, livers are, your liver is detoxing it all right. the time. It's processing through your body. I mean, I'm sure there's some of the chemical that's effective and working and then there's yeah. the other chemical that you know you seep out so yeah. i think that's true with all medicines mm-hmm. so but so my question is is while i'm in this period of my life where i am taking adderall is it appropriate to think that that like being super diligent about creating habits while i have this assistance once i start to taper off and not use adderall anymore is it possible that I could rewire my brain in order to produce those chemicals when I'm in those habits? Or is it something that once the Adderall goes away, the wheels just fall off and you're back to square one? Well, life is all about habits. So I think you just answered your own question. If you create a life with, with medicine that you have daily routine and your routine is consistent and it's giving you the results you want, what happens when you go off the medicine is a lot of people stop doing what they were doing. The challenge is, would you be able to keep that habit going without medicine? Mm-hmm. If that's a daily activity, if this is what you keep a journal, you keep a to-do list, you check in with yourself, you have organizational skills, you create a life that makes sense, you have all of these things there that are contributing to your wellness. The medicine makes that easier, but it's your daily consistent actions that bring that rewiring about. Because that's true with everybody. Mm-hmm. You can rewire the brain with consistent behavior changes. But it's like once the medicine is gone, you have to still stick to it. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. If you really have good basic everyday activities, I don't see why that would change. I think the problem is we get so away from the medicine, we forget that, oh, wait a minute, I was doing all these things. Now, I've had people come back to me. This is true for every diagnosis, but this comes, I've had clients come back to me maybe a year later after I've seen them, maybe two or three, and they'll be like, yeah. I said, so what's changed? Well, I stopped doing all those things. Mm -hmm. 
and my depression came back. Well, okay, so let's go back. Like you had all these great habits. They were working. You got lazy, decided you didn't want to do them anymore. Mm -hmm. And now you're right back to where you were before. Right. So, yeah, okay, maybe during that time your brain gets rewired. But if you don't practice daily routines and checking in and doing all that stuff, I, I would not. I, I would I would wonder, and I'll be honest, if that would be a permanent rewiring. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know. I think it would make it easier for you to go back to those habits. Yeah. But I really think the diligence is what you do daily. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the consistency in our life. We're creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. But when we're when when you're doing something that's not normal <laughs> and that's not an everyday kind of all oh, this is good for me. That's probably what's going to get you in trouble later on when you're off the meds. Interesting. So I've seen that with my other disorders. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that that wouldn't be true for attention deficit as well. Yeah. Another thing too, um, especially in high school, this was a, uh, um, so in baseball, for those of you who are not familiar, um, there, baseball is a sport of, um, of mistakes. So baseball is a, it's a sport of failure. So if you are a professional baseball player and you go to the plate to hit and you fail seven out of ten times, so three out of ten times you get a hit, but you're so that means that you're going to fail seven out of ten times. Okay. If you do that for ten years, you'll be in the base MLB Hall of Fame. So how you do how you handle failure on the baseball field really dictates how you're going to 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 play the game. And so for instance like baseball is if you look at a, a, a like a box score for baseball, it'll show the the score for each inning and then it'll show runs, hits and errors. Now, what other sport do you know <laughs> We're hit. that scores <laughs> mistakes <laughs> right. in that way right right you're so right in baseball oh, okay. you have like in in other sports it's kind of okay wait a minute why is that because they know it's an average it's a good great question so okay. i'll get into that in a second okay but, i'm curious um, like in basketball like there's yeah. you you've got the clock and the scoreboard and football you've got the clock and the scoreboard right there's um, no he did this well you do runs you put miles right don't you don't they record the miles at the that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for but sure. they're not they're not recording the ones that they didn't exactly. run. <laughs> you know, in soccer, maybe you've got you, you know, they they record, you know, red cards and yellow cards, but like that not necessarily a mistake. Sometimes a yellow card's a good thing. Like you could have made a really good play and it ended up working out for your team. So like so baseball is the only sport that like literally record so if you're playing shortstop, you get a routine ground ball hit to you and you boot it. Um or you throw one into the stands, which the best players in the world, it still happens to them once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that play is over, you look up at the scoreboard and there's a big one in the error column. And you know for the rest of the game that that error was on you. Okay. So my coach growing up in high school, um, one of his favorite things to say was have, have short-term memory loss. When, oh. you, when you make a bad play... He was like, every single person throughout the season is going to make an error probably at some point throughout the season. Okay. And how you and and how you respond to that error is what makes 
you know, the difference between a bad player and a good player. Because you could make an error in the first inning and you could that you could let that sit in your mind the rest of the game and it and you could it could ruin your game. Well, yeah. And that's the same thing with anything, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime you do something that you're wrong, if you focus on that for too long, that becomes the problem. Anytime you focus on a negative yeah. emotion, thought, or any kind of pattern, that mm-hmm. creates the problem. There's a baseball player named Bryce Harper. He plays for the Philadelphia Phillies. He signed him. This was his first year over there. He signed a $300 million contract. <laughs> Just to hit a ball. Yeah. I love and it. And he's not having the greatest season. And they're going into, they're later in the game. He's in the on-deck circle. Mm-hmm. And he's at his home, home team. And a fan is heckling him. He went 0 for 3 that day. He's in the on-deck circle. And the guys, the, there's a, a, a fan in the, the deck, or the fan next to the on-deck circle. And he's like, $300 million. Oh for three or something like that. And mm-hmm. and Bryce Harper looks over him and is like, fuck you. And then, <laughs> and then that next at, at bat, he hit a walk-off three-run home run into the second deck. Wow. And all of a sudden, nobody remembers that he went 0 for three with two strikeouts. Right, right. So my point in saying all of that is baseball always, I always liked baseball because one of the things that it encouraged was short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. Another thing Wow. You could hit a, a, a home run in the first inning mm-hmm. and think that I'm the most amazing person in the world. I'm I'm the god of baseball, and if you have that mentality going into your next back, next at bat, you'll probably get humbled very quickly. Right. So that it's living in the moment. I mean, baseball is a very mindful game. It is very mindful. You have to be present in the moment. You're mm-hmm. right. Every time you're up to bat is a new time you're up to bat. Yeah. I like that about baseball, but I think I've never really looked at it as, you know, we're recording your ears like, mm-hmm. ooh, well, yes, we are yep. paying attention to that, mm-hmm. which I mean, anytime we pay attention to something negative, it feels like that's all you're paying attention. It's easier to focus on negativity mm-hmm. than it is positives. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I think people get into trouble with attention deficit is that there seems to be so much negative attention towards it. Absolutely. It, it is a negative. People just feel negative. You feel bad. You're being judged. You're not like everybody else. You're not as fast as everyone else. I mean, even one of the things it talks about is a short attention span. Mm-hmm. Like I, you just asked me to do something and I've got three other things on my mind. <laughs> like you're constantly being yelled at. You're being redirected, refocused. I mean, mm-hmm. I can imagine after a while you start to feel bad about yourself. 100%. Yep. So, I mean, attention deficit and low self-esteem have to go together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think that they would. Yeah, they do. It's self-loathing, too. Because after, as an adult, after a period of time when you just like, I mean, you kick a routine play, but mm-hmm. in life, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, my wife asked me for help with some small household task and throughout the day completely slips my mind Mm -hmm. now it makes her life more difficult and you're like you really couldn't do something that freaking simple like you couldn't remember that like what the hell's wrong with you right like you beat yourself up yeah exactly and you get to a point where it's like the you know you start almost keeping score of those things Mm -hmm. and naturally the people around you start doing those things you know those things as well and it erodes trust mm-hmm. so now something is literally as small as moving the laundry from the washer to the dryer mm-hmm. can 
snowball into something so much bigger and so much more um, devastating have, than just simple, like a simple task. And it's interesting that you would bring that topic up because I have couples that are fighting about laundry. And I always say, you're not fighting about the laundry. You're fighting about asking someone to do something for you and they're not doing it, which in turn makes you feel like there's something like you're not good enough. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just it's never about moving the laundry. Yeah. It's always about feeling like your partner doesn't want to help you. For sure. But you would want to help your wife. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to make your life miserable. I'm mm-hmm. not here to like hurt you. Yeah. So there has to be some open conversation about, OK, you know what? I screwed up today. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. That today I wasn't at a hundred percent for sure, and I'll give advice to um, couples that m- maybe you have a spouse that has these attention issues. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you advice on on how to handle this. Is that you cannot let it get to the point where you hate them because all of these little things have added up. If you have a conversation with them. And they're a willing participant in that, you know, granted, there has to be some like buy in on their end to like want to fix the problem. But you can you can nip it in the bud quickly if you communicate correctly about some of the things that are bothering you. So like and good point. I'll give a for instance. So yesterday morning, um, Chloe and I, we let. You know, I we on a on a good day. It doesn't happen all the time. We like to get up at six before the kids, and we'll drink coffee and um and I'll either read or I'll you know watch baseball on my phone or just something in the morning. Maybe if I need to get something done early, I'll do that. And yesterday morning, I'm sitting on the couch and it's six o'clock. I'm drinking my coffee. She's on her iPad, and I'm just I'm watching some baseball highlights on my phone. And she said something like uh, about being annoyed or whatever. And it's like, okay. So then I, you know, I change gears, I start reading. And then she's just like, basically is like, your presence is annoying me this morning. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> What'd you do? And then, I'm, and then I, I, fine, I'll get up. And then she said <laughs> something else. And I'm like, you're kind of being a jerk right now. Like what's going on? <laughs> and then she expressed to me that she was like, you know, she doesn't feel like I was being productive because she has all of these things to do today that uh, for school that mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she had to get done. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, OK, so you're not mad at me for existing. You're, you're mad at You're me. stressed about all the things that you have to do today. I also have to work. So we shipped the girls up to my parents mm-hmm. and she was able to have her time to get stuff done and everything ended up working out. But like as an example of like the the. The irritability that's there, right? Yes. There's a there's like a, a silent irritability that we have in our relationships that if we don't communicate immediately when they're happening, that builds to resentment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, even understanding that my partner has attention deficit, you have to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're okay. So I have attention, but I don't have it a hundred times. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm still here. I still want to mm-hmm. be participant in this life that we're living together. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really easy to get mad at our partners if we're not the ones that are good at communicating. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's hard. I think being in a couple that you, one or two are suffering from any kind of lack of communication is probably the biggest issue we have. Mm -hmm. Like that's true with everything. Yeah, But I think attention deficit 
it can never, over time, it would really make someone feel like they weren't being heard. Mm-hmm. Like you have to probably go out of your way to give her the attention she needs and wants. <sighs> out of my way, I'm not sure is the right way to do it, but basically. Okay, that was. What do you have to do then that makes her feel that you do put her as a focus, right? Because if you struggle with attention and focus, but that's the person you're married to and mm-hmm. that's the one you want to give that to, mm-hmm. what are some, maybe we'll like, what are some things that help make that easier? Slow down. Oh, I like that. Okay. That is the key. I like because that. when you have a, you know, a jam packed day or, um, you had your a lot of times when you when you try to communicate something when how do I let me let me let me back up a little bit okay pick your time ah and slow down so for instance I told her I was like sometimes you're going to be telling me things and you need to communicate something to me and my my mind isn't folk like like for you call me at work i'm in the middle of something i'm going to pick up the phone yeah yeah yes 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 and then mm-hmm. hang up sometimes if it's just like a very innocuous conversation you don't need my full attention span i'm going to try to give it to you cuz i love you but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not the case but like if there's something important that needs to be communicated it needs the conversation needs to start. Hey, can I have like five minutes of uninterrupted time? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, it's I like can setting the, the tone. Exactly. The, the, okay. So it's like, okay, I can slow down. I can shut off my brain from all of the other stuff that I have going on in my life right now and mm-hmm. just focus on this conversation. I found that that works better than anything because number one, like I feel appreciated mm-hmm. because, you know, you're you're recognizing the fact that sometimes it's hard for me to focus. And now I'm very, very tuned in because what you're about to say is important. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wish that, and and honestly, I wish that was just kind of my default, Right. but I, I just know that you probably have to practice that, right? Yes. I think that's a learned behavior. Well, I do that with my couples and I also do that. That's a discipline that you do with Mm -hmm. kids too. Yeah. Like you get their attention. I want your eye attention. I want Mm -hmm. you to repeat after me that you're paying attention to mom. Mm -hmm. Like that is like when my kids were little and they were, you know, scared or brained, it would Mm -hmm. be like, slow down. Like you said, I like that slow down, but also that intention of I'm talking to you right now. Can you repeat? after me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know that you heard this. What did I just ask you mm-hmm. to do? Okay. And, okay. Now say it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did mom just ask you to do? So I think that that's really huge in marriages too, because it's like, we're all busy. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, your wife was super busy that day too. She had a ton of things on her list. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we forget that our own internal dialogue and our own internal conversations are not being heard by our partners. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Mm -hmm. And so communication is so huge in handling attention deficit with couples Mm -hmm. and also with ourselves. But I mean, you can write a to-do list. And a lot of times what's happening in couples is that this to-do list looks like a chore list, but we don't understand why is it a chore list? This is because we need, this is what worked for us. Mm -hmm. This is how we told us how to do our work in school. Like 
we're learned. Some people really stay within that organizational skill set, mm-hmm. and some people never have that skill set. Yep. So it's kind of like communicating, being being in the moment, being present, but also recognizing that there are times when even your best effort is still not going to be what she wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like there has to be some grace and some kindness about it. Mm-hmm. So you are you are medicated now. And you didn't struggle with the the Adderall um, shortage. So I was initially prescribed twenty milligrams of the extended release, which was kind of nice because you just take it once in the morning and you don't have to think about it. And I was on that for about six months, and then all of a sudden I went to go fill my prescription, and they didn't have any. And mm-hmm. called back, they didn't have any. And then I. And, Long story, I had a buddy of mine that had the instant releases and I, you know, he he mentioned that he never had a problem getting his. So I had my doctor flip it to that. Mm-hmm. And since then, I haven't had a problem. Okay. So it's really weird. The shortage is now supposedly supposed to be over. But for a lot of clients, they weren't able to get the Adderall this year. And you asked me earlier before we were on why. And I said, because the demand to cover this medicine was so Hi. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are on Adderall, but there's not a lot of genetic like components to it. So like the labs cannot keep up. Yeah. I part of me wonders though is and it's hard for it's hard for me to judge because I'm I may fall into the I mean because we're diagnosing something based off of what we think is um the brain not producing certain things correctly, dopamine, norepinephrine, right? Yep. But are yep. we testing those levels in people as part of the diagnostic process? No, absolutely not. Yeah, how do we test? I I don't I have that no a blood test? idea. That could be a blood test. Maybe, but it's have probably you also gi- okay. A... Have you ever been given a blood test for your medicine? No. Have they ever checked to see? Okay, here's the levels that's at in your body. No, I mean they're not they're not checking for that. They're um, as part of just a regular physical, they, they did like a, a, a lipid panel, mm-hmm. I want to say, and just your general, just general blood work, but like they're, they're not testing for those things. Mm-mm. So mm. is it possible that we, if, if this is such a widespread thing and there are so many people taking this, you know, that it caused a shortage, is it possible that we as a country have just developed poor habits or maybe, <laughs> or on the flip side, maybe we're, we're, we're setting unrealistic expectations for focus in people. Cause I, I know, and you know as well that people have Adderall prescriptions that don't need it and they take mm-hmm. it as a performance enhancing drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I know several people that have done that at mm-hmm. one point. And they sell the it. Past. Yeah. A lot of people sell their, sell their mm-hmm. pills. Yep. Especially in school. So it's just, uh, um, it's a, it's a question I have. That's a great, that's a great question. I mean, we live, I think, I think I read an article once when I was young that it was the invention of Sesame Street (laughs) that screwed kids up because that was like the first time we were instantly entertained. And then from that moment, we have kind of always wanted things in a speedier, faster mm-hmm. way. For sure. And so 
you know, some people say that that is. It's the development of TV or having too much to do or having too many expectations or. Do we have a problem focusing or have we created habits of distraction? There's lots of distractions. This this stupid three, like two by five inch device (laughs) that I'm holding in my hand right now has been the bane of my existence ever since I've gotten it. I can't live without it, but in, in some ways I can't live with it. Right. It's interfering. Yes. And But I noticed too, you look at your wrist. Mm-hmm. So now that's even another distraction. Yep. Because now that phone is on, you're, you're attached to it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I don't have a watch on. I haven't worn a watch since the minute I gave birth to my kids. Mm-hmm. So for 25 years, I've not worn a watch mm-hmm. because I've never had to. Mm-hmm. time is out there. I can see a clock anywhere. Mm -hmm. I can find it. It's in my car. It's in my home. It's on my phone. Like I don't have to wear a watch. Mm -hmm. So I have already learned to detach from time a long time ago. Now I do have attention deficit and I probably always had it because I'm the daydreamer. I'm not the one that would like get up and disrupt mm-hmm. the class, but I certainly was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. I was I all about daydreaming. Oh my gosh. I was all about daydreaming and creating life and having this whole, you know, but I, but I'm also a creative person. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Part of that, I, I leaned into my creativity. I leaned into my daydreaming. Now, I have created a world around that imagination. Now that's an interesting thing that you brought up because that used to be like a, a very real thing for me. Daydreaming. Mm-hmm. But we, we have replaced daydreaming with scrolling. Right. So you're not thinking for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. You're being instantly I entertained. Yes. Because yes. if I if that is so interesting, I haven't thought about that because I that used to be something I did all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was daydream. deemed as not being Effective. productive, healthy. But now that is replaced with scrolling. Because you need to be entertained. Yeah. It's, it, we have changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, we have really, really changed. You ever notice how frustrated you get when your phone's not working? Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah, you want like to today. Throw it across the room. <laughs> We're just so, we love this instant entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think being mindful or paying attention to what's around us is just noticing that there's something else besides the phone. But I w- I did not grow up in a time when phones were attached. And I'm not really attached to my phone. I really try to put it down because I think it's that comparison game. Yeah. I don't need to know what everyone else is doing. I, I like what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm comfortable with me. One of the things that I started doing is when in in the evenings, like I'll get home from work and the we're gonna we're gonna do dinner. I'll go take my watch and my phone and I'll go put them on the chargers upstairs mm-hmm. so that it's just out of sight, out of mind, and then yep. I can be present. And then that's if, huge. If, right there is it. Yes. Th- right there says that I want to be here. Mm-hmm. I think that's just part of one of the skills that we have to get to, right? Mm-hmm. The skills that you talked about doing these things, it's like knowing that everything you do mm-hmm. is to enhance the quality of your life. For sure. And that's what that's about. So it doesn't go away. There is no cure for attention deficit. Mm-hmm. Like you probably learn skills. You learn little things. I've never been medicated. I probably should. But now I wouldn't. I don't want it. Like, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. I know when I need to focus. I know when my. I know when I am the most alert. I know when my morning times are. I know that I can't have coffee after 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Like I know what I, I know what I need. 
The reality is that's what it's about. Know what you need. Find out what works for you. Manage your daily schedule in such a way that even if you have attention deficit, you're still effective. You're still getting things done. You're not stupid. You don't have to be that self-loathing. Because, I mean, none of that's helpful. Mm -hmm. None of that works. We have to be nicer to ourselves. And if we're nicer to ourselves, we are genuinely nicer to the people in our lives. That's what I wanted to share about it today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about the Adderall and the medicine and if it's finally going to get to the right amount. Mm-hmm. I did. I did was I love the Internet, by the way, because I did do a bunch of research on this. And man, there's a ton of over the counter things you can take for it. That mm-hmm. is a replacement. Yeah. Alpha brain is one that I tried that I yeah. actually think. Um, Mushrooms, they were saying even. Yeah. Yep. So Alpha brain, I, I believe that is actually an ingredient, some type of mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's over the counter. It's mm-hmm. um and the only reason I stopped taking it is it's fairly expensive. I think a month's supply is like eighty dollars or something Ooh, like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I actually had pretty good results taking that. I learned about okay. that from Joe Rogan. But, okay. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. I was really shocked at how many over the counter medicines there are that are replacements for Adderall. Yeah. But I think with anything supplements you probably have to take for a longer time before they get to a therapeutic level but also there's cost involved and there's risk in anything we put in our body every everything we put in our body is going to have a chemical reaction and it's either going to work for us or it's not going to work for us yep so i mean but i i was kind of surprised at how much is out there yeah so we can help ourselves we can we can get through this and you know i part of it's our personality part of it is how we manage and 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 also just liking ourselves in such a way that says, you know what, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can. And hopefully that's true. Hopefully that's a true statement. Yes. I am doing the best that I can. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Okay, we're gonna make this work. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. Trying to make it work. Trying to trying to get the best out of life, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, that's what all I have on it today. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being buddy. All right. Everybody have a great day. You too.